This is episode number 124 of the Fearless Presentations podcast, the fastest, easiest way to eliminate public speaking fear. Want to absolutely eliminate public speaking fear? This podcast is the answer. Here's the guy who literally wrote the book on Fearless Presentations, Doug Stannard. Hey, welcome to Fearless Presentations. I'm Doug Standard, CEO of the Leaders Institute and Fearless Presentations. And this is the podcast that helps you build confidence when you present your ideas and helps you increase your success by becoming a better communicator. This is episode number 124. And on, on the session today, we're going to talk about a way to conduct better digital meetings or virtual meetings while companies are kind of working from home now. By the, by the way, these tips, they work well anytime, not anytime you're using a digital platform to, to present. So if you're using Zoom or a webinar platform or Skype or any of those types of things, these are some tips that can really help in those situations. Now, just as an FYI, if you missed the first virtual Fearless Presentations class that we did this week, then we've scheduled a second one now for early May, and we've still got a few seats available for that. Uh, in addition, I also have a free downloadable digital meeting cheat sheet based on the topic that we're that we're working on today. And um, and it, you, all you have to do is just go to fearlesspresentations.com. Uh, if you just hit the little search bar at the top, uh, just in case you're listening to this at some time in the distant future, just do a search and search for seven important things you need to know about digital meetings. Um, if you're listening to it right away, basically all you have to do is just go to the blog post and it'll be one of the more recent blog posts on there. All right, so let's get on with today's podcast. One of the most common questions that we receive in our public speaking classes is, hey, do the things that you're teaching us about in-person presentations change when you're doing like an, a webinar or when you're doing an online platform? And the answer to that question is, is basically both yes and no. I mean, the way that we teach people to design presentations is really based on, you know, number one, the main thing is focusing on what the audience wants and, and what the audience needs to know. And then the second thing is that we, we teach people how to make their content more concise and entertaining. So in those respects, and those two main things that we teach in our class, yeah, the digital meeting creation process is pretty much the same as, as if you're doing an in-person presentation. However, there are a few important things that you need to know about online live meetings that make them dramatically different from other presentations. So if you understand these key things though, you can create powerful online presentations that really leverage your time and also leverage your reach, which is something that we'll talk about very early on. So um, by the way, this, this is part of a three-part series. So part two that I'll cover next week is about how to customize your content for a digital delivery. So if, you're, if you are used to doing in-person meetings and you're having to customize that content now for virtual meetings, then next week is going to be a great episode for you. And then part three is about the technical aspects of conducting a live meeting. So we'll talk a lot on that one about Zoom and some of the new things that they're doing. Um, but also we'll, we'll kind of talk about some of the webinar platforms that are out there in case you're doing, you know, bigger type of meetings. But we'll talk about the, the technology on part three. So, so in part one, though, today, I'm going to cover seven important things that you need to know 
about online live meetings. So that would be like Zoom or Skype or in, in that case, it could be Facebook Live or LinkedIn Live or a webinar, any of that kind of stuff. Um, so the first thing that you, want to, that you need to know is that online meetings are, they're a fast and easy way to deliver bite-sized pieces of content to an audience. I came across a quote when I was doing some research on this. It was by Sebastian Bailey. Dr. Bailey is the co-founder of the Mind Gym. And basically what Dr. Bailey said was bite-sized training achieves quicker outcomes without blowing your budget. <laughs> and so, um, which I thought that was, that's brilliant. I wish I had come up with that. But, but basically bite-sized seminar sessions over time work really, really well. I, I'll give you an example. Like for instance, when I first started coaching and, and when I was, when I started in the teaching business basically, and at my first instructor trainer was a guy named Jim Bartz. He's out of Dallas. And Jim used to harp on me over and over and over again about, the value of what he called time-spaced learning. And basically what that means is that what he discovered was that if you want you if you want your participants, the people who are actually going through training with you or if they're uh, if you're trying to get impart information to them, if you want them the, the if you want them to learn quickly and then retain the information better, you'll get a much better result if you teach them a concept make the delivery really interactive and then give your participants time to apply the content in, you know, in quote unquote, the real world. So basically his, his concept was to conduct short sessions of content at a, at a, at a time basically, and then do it on a weekly basis or, or somewhere thereabouts. The strategy worked phenomenally well, by the way. And, and in fact, when I, when I designed my first leadership class as the owner of the Leaders Institute, I used this technique and I created a series of six half-day sessions spaced a week apart. And by the end of the six-week the six week class, the, the participants were experiencing these dramatic behavior changes. They, they had learned and applied so much of the content that they claimed to have, you know, a lot of them were telling me, I mean, this is a life-changing experience that, that as they went through the course. And but there was a challenge though, because as the company started to grow, as I started getting, as the classes started to become more popular, I mean, because they were so powerful, we started getting more and more people coming to our classes. We, we started getting uh, a lot of our clients wanted us to expand and do it in other cities where they had other offices and that kind of thing. And so as we um, started to grow, I, the, the, I say I, but I'm really, it's the company experience some pretty significant logistical challenges <laughs> because when I was just teaching classes here at home in the Dallas Fort Worth area, it was pretty easy to travel you know, across town six times a week or six, or six times in six weeks anyway. And, and when I began teaching classes in Austin and Houston, you know, th those weekly car trips were, were pretty time consuming and they were expensive, but you know, they were still doable. So, but so for the first couple of years, I mean, I remember booking classes in, I, I, this is one time that I, I had a class in Chicago on Tuesday in Madison, Wisconsin on Wednesday, and then in Indianapolis on Thursday. And I did that just to keep my costs low because it was cheaper for me to pay for a single round trip flight into Chicago and, and then drive all over creation than to pay for, for six flights each because this is a six-week class, you know, six flights each 
four or three classes, which was 18 flights. So, I mean, needless to say, after a year or so of doing this, I was exhausted. I mean, it was, I was so, it took so much time, took so much effort. It was, it, it was just, it, it, I was tired all the time. So eventually I began to do slightly longer sessions each week and condense the class from six weeks down to four weeks. And eventually I also had to train new instructors because the, the schedule was just too taxing otherwise. So as a result, I had to increase the tuition of my classes. So technology actually fixed this logistical problem, though, in the last few years, because especially with, with, with webinars and with Zoom and with different platforms that are out there, I or one of my instructors can deliver bite-sized content on a daily, a weekly, a monthly basis for, for little or no cost. I mean, basically, a lot of times it's like 50 bucks a month for, a, for one of these web platforms, so, or less in, in a lot of cases. So um, so the, 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 the reach has um, expanded pretty dramatically. Uh, so that, that is one of the major, major, major things that these electronic things can do. Now, with what has happened in the last couple of months with the coronavirus, it's even more important because now this technology is, is allowing us to impart information in ways with our, to, our, to our group, to our people, to our customers, to our employees, to our team members in a way that we never really had before. So the technology is really helping. So the second thing that, that these online digital platforms can do is they can expand your reach. Uh, and and dramatically, by the way. So the major benefit of doing a webinar or doing a, a Zoom meeting is that anyone who has a smartphone or an internet connection can access the content. So as a result, you've got incredible reach in today's world if you use if you use one of these digital platforms. And and, and by the way, in a couple of weeks, we're going to cover some of the different software packages that are out there that will allow you to broadcast a webinar, but there's just so many options that we, we can't possibly cover all of them. Now, just so you know, in the last couple of months, I've become, especially with the COVID-19 virus challenges that we've been going through, I've become a big believer in Zoom. Zoom is one of those companies that are, that is really changing the way that we communicate with each other. And so, um, so on, the, on the webinar in a couple of weeks, I'm going to talk about them a lot. But if you're an entrepreneur and you can't, generate, you know, webinar attendees by posting an invitation on your website or social media accounts. You can, you can basically just, uh, you can, you can reach potential customers all over the world with the social media platforms. Um, for instance, I've had, I've had people fly to the United States into our, into one of our classes uh, or into one of our classes in Europe, really for that matter. And from all over the world, as a result of these people attending a webinar that I did or, seeing me present something on Facebook Live or uh, recently on LinkedIn, those kind of things. And, and now it's, it's likely to increase because with, with, with LinkedIn Live now coming online and, and um, these newer types of platforms, and then that's just going to increase more and more and more. So um, if you're creating these digital programs for an international audience, you can communicate with employees in multiple cities, states, countries, all at the same time. And of course, we, I mean, since we do this internally with our, with our uh, employees at the Leaders Institute as well, I mean, I've got dozens of instructors all over the U.S. and Canada, and I've got people in Europe. So, we'll, so what we tend to do is we'll just meet every week via Zoom to share success stories, to cover training topics, to exchange ideas that would be 
difficult to really do logistically without the online meeting platform. So the reach is just incredible. Now, the third major thing that you absolutely need to know about digital meetings, though, is that online meetings are not necessarily suitable for every type of presentation. You know, for instance, uh, you know, a, a webinar, for instance, they doesn't necessarily work for every type of presentation that are out there. Yes, there are lots of advantages to digital meetings, but there are also a lot of extremely important disadvantages as well. The main disadvantage is that if you're doing a digital delivery, it's not necessarily the best medium for certain types of, especially skill-based programs. For instance, uh, I, I don't think it would be a great idea to, you know, to teach a teenager how to drive a car via an online meeting. I mean, that's a skill that takes time to practice. And so anytime that you're trying to develop a skill with somebody or, or you know that the person who you're presenting to or, or at least some of the people in your audience are going to be nervous about implementing what you're trying to get across to them, then a, a digital type of training may not be the best choice. However, one of the great things about Zoom that we'll talk about in a couple of weeks is that it's now allowing for a, a person in a, in a totally different city or a totally different state or a totally different country to coach groups of people digitally. And in the past, when we've done like, coaching. A lot of times that was done via Skype in the past or, or, or sometimes we would do it with FaceTime, but, but it was most, most of the time it was just one-on-one -on -one with an instructor. So somebody had a specific need, they would hire one of our instructors to give them an hour of coaching or two hours of coaching. And it works really well in one-on-one -on -one situations. However, the person didn't really get a lot of practice speaking to a group because it's just two people communicating via a, a webcam, right? That is until Zoom improved the noise reduction and they created breakout rooms. So we've, we've recently begun to offer virtual versions of our fearless presentations class and we're getting pretty good results. I mean, it's so far just because it's still kind of new. I, I, I wouldn't say that it is exactly like, or gets the absolute top notch results that we get in the in-person classes but it's pretty dang close and it's very inexpensive to do something like that too. So, um, but if you're interested in finding out about kind of what we're doing on our virtual classes, you can just go to fearlesspresentations.com. Just type the, just click the public speaking course link at the top of the page and it will take you right there. So the next big thing that you need to know about digital platforms is that online sessions need to be absolutely short in duration. You want to keep your, um, if, if you keep your online sessions to around, I would say 30 minutes is, is, a, is an optimal time, maybe 60 minutes max. If you do that, then you're going to get much better results. You know, for every additional five minutes over an hour, you, you're going to need to be very, very compelling and very entertaining. And you're going to see a dramatic drop off of your attendees, especially if it's, if it's one of the old fashioned webinars. Um, I, I give an example. Workcast uh, is a, a company that does um, statistical analysis of stuff like this, and they analyze the optimal time for a length of a webinar. <laughs> and literally, they were hired to do this. Um, the results were pretty interesting. Like for webinars under 60 minutes in length, a majority of the people who attended the webinar live stayed on the entire time. Right. However, most of the people who accessed the webinar as a recording dropped off after about 20 minutes. So, you know, the study didn't address why the people viewing the recording dropped off, 
but I mean, I, I can make an educated guess. You know, people are, they're busy. <laughs> so if they're watching a recording and they see that there's 40 minutes left, then they're going to begin to assess whether that first 20 minutes was worth the time that they already spent, right? And if you answer no, then they're going to drive. If the answer to that question is no, then they're just going to drop off. So if, if they're, if they're attending live, they realize that they will likely have a chance to ask questions at the end. And, and really, I mean, they don't know exactly how much longer it's going to go. So even if it's not compelling, they're like, eh, it's only going to be a few more minutes. And, and although you'll get some drop off, um, it's not as, as dramatic. Um, but if you, if you let, if you kind of leave that as your guide though, it, it really helps a lot. If you, if you're concise in your delivery and you keep your, your, digital meeting links to about 30 minutes or so, you're not going to have that happen. Human nature is that once they get to the critical 20 minute point, they're going to look at the toolbar and see there's only 10 minutes left. And the result is that they're, they're most likely to finish the entire session. So by the way, for in-person sessions, I know we're still in the, in the, the critical COVID-19 time right now, and we're not doing a whole lot of in-person sessions, but the, it'll come back. We'll eventually start having meetings again. And uh, an hour to an hour and 15 minutes is, is kind of optimal time for a presentation if you're in person. So another important thing that you need to know about digital meetings is that they are much harder to, to deliver than in-person presentations. <laughs> They're more complicated. If, if, if you're nervous speaking to groups of people, then you may not want to cut your teeth on digital meetings. I know a lot of people have been put in that situation in, in the last few weeks where I've never had to do um, an online meeting before and I'm already kind of nervous. It, that's, it's tough. That's, it's a, this is a tough way to, to kind of learn how to do a, a presentation because they are dramatically different. They're more difficult. You're, you're, and if that's the case, by the way, you're likely, you know, going to be exponentially more nervous conducting one of the digital meetings than you would be just standing up and, and speaking at a staff meeting in your office. So if standing up at a staff meeting in your office is kind of nerve wracking to you, then digital meetings has maybe even more nervous, make you even more nervous. First of all, the reason why that happens, by the way, is that you've got more balls to juggle, so to speak. There's more things going on. So in a regular presentation, you might have to set up a slideshow, but you know, kind of once that's done, you don't really have to worry a whole lot about the technology involved in your presentation. But in a digital meeting, though, you'll have the webinar software to worry about or the, the Zoom meeting platform. Uh, I, I know that when we were doing the test for our virtual class, just in the testing, we were we were starting to get pretty nervous because at times, the the delivery like when people were watching me present it would get kind of flickery and stuff and and sometimes i would cut out and we'd have to you know it was like what would happen what's, what's going to happen if in the middle of the presentation we kind of lose connection or we lose internet access so i mean those are all kind of things that that you you kind of have to worry about and so that's one of the reasons why it makes it a little bit more difficult you also have to remember to to, to turn off the auto mute button especially if you're doing a webinar, you know, a lot of the webinar um, software, the types of webinar software that we're going to talk about are, are ones where um, when the webinar starts, it's auto muted and you have to turn it off to go. Um, I'm, by the way, I did, I did 25 minutes of a, of a webinar once where, uh, where I, nobody could hear me. I mean, it was, I was on a roll too, by the way. I mean, it was great content, but nobody heard any of it because I had mute on the whole time. And, 
and uh, and you'll get people you know chatting questions to you as you're as you're speaking um you'll inevitably have somebody log on without headphones and the feedback is is going to make you have to mute all of the attendees and i mean all of those things are kind of normal with digital platforms and and if you're not used to them they can add to a lot of the the tension that you feel um and and they're stressful so the so um, th those are things that you kind of have to deal with. I think the main thing, this is the worst, the hardest part anyway, about delivering the digital meetings is that it is much, much, much more difficult to get participants to interact with you. And if you're not used to that, that can be a little off-putting. Um, you know, one of the things that, that our instructors reinforce in our, in our classes when we're, when we're actually teaching classes in person is that one of the best ways to reduce public speaking fear is to do what we call look for the friendly faces in, in your audience. So most often when you're communicating well in front of a group, when you're, when you're actually doing a good job, you can look around the room and you notice people kind of nodding at you when they agree with you. And, and, and if you say something funny, you know, even if they don't laugh, they'll kind of smile. Uh, th that, those are good positive pieces of feedback that you see when you're delivering a presentation. Um, when you're on a digital meeting though, though, the important feedback loop is lessened. Now with, with some of the, the newer technologies like Zoom, it's a whole lot better. I mean, it's uh, the, those of you who are growing up in the Zoom age and cutting your teeth on Zoom, man, you got it easy compared to the, the, uh, the digital platforms that we've had in the past. Because like in the past, if I, were, if I was delivering a webinar, it's basically, I'm speaking to a screen and you can see the chat, but that's it. You, I, we don't, I, it'll, and you see the, the number of people that are on the webinar and it goes up and then sometimes it goes down. Like, oh my gosh, man, did I say something that, that made them mad or whatever, right? So, I mean, those are all things that are challenging if you don't have that, that feedback. With Zoom, a little bit better with, with FaceTime and some of the other kind of platforms out there, we can actually see people face-to-face. I mean, it's, it's head and shoulders better than what it was in the past. But even with Zoom, one of the things that you'll kind of find is that um, if, even if you are a really good speaker and even if you are entertaining and even if people are paying attention, what will happen is because you're kind of so close to the faces, you'll kind of see people in your Zoom meeting that from time to time will just be going... Mm kind of looking around, you know, and so when you see that, you're like, oh man, have I lost, have I lost them? Have I lost contact? And so those are, those, that, that feedback is, is kind of difficult. So you want to be very, very um, conscious of that. You don't want to let that to, to throw you off your game too much. Just realize it's normal. I mean, even, I mean, I like to think of myself as being a pretty good speaker, but even if I'm communicating with my team members, that happens. So it's just something that you have to kind of live with. And, and if you accept it, it you, you'll typically get quite a bit better. So next week, by the way, we're going to cover a, a, a few foolproof tips to reduce some of the common tension, uh, tension of, of making your Zoom meetings more interactive, you know, so we'll, we'll kind of cover that next week with some, some things that you can do to make your meetings a little bit more uh, interactive. So by the way, one of the, the main thing that you want to keep in mind about all of these great things that you need to know about digital meetings is that once you get good at digital meetings and especially webinars and those kind of things, you will be viewed as the expert in your field. Um, you know, although webinars are tougher to get the hang of, 
and and they they can make you more nervous as when you when you speak. Uh, they create a tremendous opportunity in the business world. So um, when I'm teaching the fearless presentations class, I often tell my class members that. If, if they want to be a great speaker, the bar is set pretty low. You don't, you don't have to be an exceptional speaker to be seen as being good uh, or even great by your audience because most people stink at doing this stuff. And you've, you've, um, you just have to be a little bit better than that last speaker that got up, to, that put everybody to sleep and your audience is going to absolutely love you. So when people complete my classes, you know, they're, they're often extremely comfortable in front of a group because they know that they are, are, more highly trained than most of the people who speak in, in the business world. Uh, in, the, in the online meeting genre, the contrast is even greater. So I spoke earlier about the study where many webinar viewers of, of, of the recordings kind of dropped off after 20 minutes. It's quite possible that another reason that they dropped off is that the, the, the content that they were, was watching was just flat terrible, you know? So if you're, if you're interesting as a digital meeting leader or a webinar leader, then you've got an opportunity to build a following of viewers who will see you as the go-to expert in your field just by using the techniques that we're, that we're talking about here. So now that we've covered a lot of the, the pros and cons of digital meetings, next week we're, we're going to show you how to create your content for a digital platform so that your audience just absolutely loves you. So we'll see you next week. Subscribe to this podcast for new public speaking secrets each week.